0: All right, the Scare Value boys are back.
1: Yes, I am one of those those boys, I guess. I was looking at notes I had. That's right. We have notes because we are doing a triple feature today. That's more than the normal one I can watch. That is almost three times the amount of normal. Don't math at me so early. (laughs) First, we're going to do
0: our correction and apology. This is a really quick one.
1: Are you again, I assume? I
0: apologize. These episodes are all out of order. We keep slipping in new recordings and... For example, the Joe Hill murder investigation has been a lot of date, and uh, he's guilty. He was? No. Oh. That episode hasn't come out yet, but we'll get to it. No. Oh, okay. No, if you were following along the uh, Lady in the Dunes
1: saga. The the saga? We actually
0: did it fine. It's just that our foreign correspondent brought it up on the birthday episode recorded after Freddy vs. Jason, so now everything's out of order.
1: I was lost as soon as you started naming episodes.
0: Well, we did Jaws, where this came up. Then we did Freddy vs. Jason, where it came up again. And then we did In the Basement, and Ken brought it up from Taiwan, which he hadn't heard Freddy vs. Jason, so that's not his fault.
1: I'm sorry that you explained that to me. That That was not interesting at all.
0: The Things should get back to more in time correctly, but next week could be a disaster. We have something recorded either way, but the goddamn jury duty...
1: Oh, yeah, you got called up to so, do your civic duty. Yeah,
0: I haven't got, <laughs> I haven't gotten called for jury duty in 20 to <laughs> 25 years, maybe. And I had to get a new Social Security card, and within two days of applying for the Social Security card, I got jury duty. So, fuck the government. Yeah, that's our that's our stance. Yeah, I, Officially. I've never had jury duty. I'm just
1: going to be honest with them, and I assume they're going to let me go because my honesty is, uh, you know. I would hate to have you in any kind, like, have any bearing whatsoever on my anyway, well-being or the judgment the of truth, myself. The truth is, and I guess I won't just, like,
0: walk in talking about this, but if they ask me, like, if it's a, a, a decision between, like, a, a big corporation and a person, like, I've already decided I'm going with the person and that's it. And if it's if it's something that, like, it's not, like, a really important murder or rape or something, like, that's actually, if it's just, like, one of these financial things, then I'll tell them the truth. Like, if I get into the room and 11 people think one way and I think the other way, like, I guess I think the other way now because I don't care about this. You have put a lot of thought into this, haven't you? But those are those are honest answers.
1: Yes, those they are, are.
0: Those are just, I don't care about this. Unless it's like something genuinely important, which it usually is not, I just don't care. I don't either, which is why I haven't thought about it once, if I ever get called yeah. up for jury duty. Like, can I be impartial? To a point, but I mean, I'm not going to side with the rich person over the poor person like almost ever like no but the poor person like robbed them like yep i agree with them like there's
1: nothing wrong wasn't there a whole tv show with that premise i believe leverage was never saw it, it had the guy from buffy the vampire no from angel who was the lawyer Lindsay, yeah. perhaps his name was it had him and timothy hutton and mm. they they were and there were other people too but i don't remember who they were they stole from corporations to give to i guess people i never watched it but they stole to give to the poor not guilty that Not is why, unless, guilty. unless I get in the
0: room and everyone else is guilty and I'm like, you know what? You guys are right <laughs> because I don't care. I care until it inconveniences me.
1: Yeah. That's America.
0: So I had to think week, about that for a next minute. week's the first week the kids will go back to school, but I might be sitting in a jury box somewhere.
1: And I might be sitting in that, whatever place the people who are on trial go for. Hell. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's get to our Nicholas Cage update. I am excited. What's the Nicholas Cage news? Cause I didn't have any. That's not a surprise. Uh, you might have noticed a pattern
0: with recent Nicolas Cage news updates. They're seemingly starting to go against you in great force. First, we had his opinion of crows, which we all know. I don't have to hit the button. Mm, not a fan of crows. He say
1: a lot of negative things about crows, which historically I am in favor of.
0: Now, I'm going to say something that I'll have to issue a correction apology for in the future. But last week, we heard from your kids and discovered in the Nicolas Cage update, they do not care for Nicolas Cage at all.
1: Well... This is, this is tough. That's, I have no response to that. They're not very bright. Was, I give them that. They're they're in the public education system, so that's another knock against them. They have my DNA mm-hmm. at least half. I don't know how this stuff works. I think so. it, I think at most half, too. <laughs> I, again, I'm not a scientist. In fact, it's more likely at most half than the other way. <laughs> again, I never finished any of the science classes I took. Ooh, earth science. That's a science. I did well on that one. Plate tectonics.
0: Well, we'll see if today's Nicolas Cage update changes your fortune i don't I, think it's going to
1: i'm still not entirely sure that you're right i think it's been a lot of good updates on nicholas cage a lot of
0: well in 20 good news in 2022 pedro pascal said that he's been working to try to get nicholas cage to join the star wars universe you know we've talked about star wars a lot of the this. mandalorian
1: that's my pedro pascal just
0: anything they can get him into he really wants him in star wars
1: <clears throat> after doing the massive weight of yes. nicholas cage's awesomeness yep okay that one that movie uh,
0: so that makes sense. He'd want him on there. Mm-hmm. Nicholas Cage responded by saying he's not interested in doing Star Wars because, Pete, he's a Star
1: Trek guy. Oh, no. Oh, no. This is earth shattering. I not know what to do with this information. I do not appreciate this gotcha journalism you're attempting on me right now because... They're attempting
0: or succeeding at it.
1: Oh, I was not prepared. You First, you did math at me. The very, right out of the gate, you did this to me. And now this... Betrayal? I don't know. All right, I'm going to process this. Nicolas Cage, you you beautiful man, what have you done to me?
0: Crows, your children, Star Trek guy. This is not going the way I think. Your obsession with Nicolas Cage has has reaped some very negative benefits.
1: Well, for whatever reason, people keep telling me I have been, in fact, talking about Nicolas Cage for a lot more than the length of this podcast. It's a thing that I didn't know I've been doing for a while. So it's shocking how few Nicolas Cage movies I've actually seen, considering I talk about him a lot.
0: Well, we met in 1994 in an English class, I believe. And I think the first thing you said to me was, you see Peggy Sue got married?
1: It wasn't. Oh, I forgot. They filmed Trapped in Paradise, starring Nicolas Cage, John Lovett, and I want to say Dana Carvey, in Niagara-on-the-Lake. And I happened to be there when they had just finished filming.
0: Ooh, an origin story.
1: And then I went and saw that movie in the theater. I don't know if I put that one on my my list of seen Nicolas Cage
0: movies. I forgot the movie existed until you mentioned it right now.
1: I was there in the place they filmed it, that close to Nicolas
0: Cage. That's there. You, go. you had a Nicolas Cage update I, and a positive one. You're I, turning the
1: tide. I should have saved that one, though, because I forgot I did that <laughs> until right now.
0: Okay, Pete, what movies are we doing today?
1: We are doing the H.P. Lovecraft apparently kind of trilogy from a bunch of people I never knew existed or happened until you told me about it. You knew who
0: Barbara Crampton was.
1: Only because you've mentioned her, but That's I could still not knowing. place her, her face. And then I saw her name and I said, oh, it's Crampton. I've been calling her Cramden.
0: No, we're close. That's not... You know what? Given how you talk about everybody that's not Nicolas Cage, that's not that bad.
1: All right. But now I know who she is. What were the three movies? They were Reanimator?
0: Reanimator. From Beyond.
1: From Beyond. And then Castle
0: Free. That's right. Stuart Gordon directed all three. Jeffrey Combs... And Barbara Crampton are the stars of all three.
1: Jeffrey Combs? I did not know who he was. But but
0: you've seen him in tons of
1: things. I saw him in uh, Frighteners. That's where I know him from initially, for whatever reason, even though I saw From Beyond and uh, Reanimator when I was a kid, like young, young kid. Earlier than you should have. Well, yeah, way earlier than I should have. But they, yeah, so that's who they were. Now I know who they are.
0: So 1985 reanimator comes out 1986 from beyond and then we wait nine years for castle freak which is very different in tone
1: we're not in the 80s anymore a
0: hundred percent
1: and i'm gonna go ahead and say it i think it suffered for it oh hundred percent all right good i didn't it's, know where it you plays would... it
0: way too straight there's no comedy involved at all barbara is kind of marginalized too which i didn't care for because she's excellent right it's, it's not you're not bad. wrong it's just not the other <laughs> movies
1: yeah, it's just not. I had. Yeah, we can get to it. The freak point. himself was good. I enjoyed the freak himself. The freak himself. You know what? But that's one of the problems I have too. I think I put in my notes because. Oh, good news, bad news. Bears. Bum 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 Where's that button? I want that song now. All right. And it's into to Stop stops. All right. It's gonna I'm go. Gonna go actually, stop. Oh, it's I know. Go There's no second. Like, you can't stop. you got to rock until you drop. That's true. All right. Oops, so fell off. The good news, bad news. There's. I hit the button. Dude, <laughs> doot, 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 dude. Do. All right. I had notes. Because we're doing three movies, there's no way I'm going to remember three movies ever at any point. I lost my notes. So I started some more notes, but we're picking up, like, I don't know, somewhere in the middle of From Beyond. No, we'll just I'm start with three. Oh, you are. Your notes are. I'm sorry?
0: Should your notes start in the middle of From Beyond? Yes, because okay. I
1: lost my first notebook. So now these are my second notes.
0: Well, so that's good because we're starting with Reanimator. All
1: right, so hit me with it.
0: Reanimator, a classic. It's a, a beloved film. It had two sequels of varying success. Barbara Grant doesn't return for either of them. Neither does the director. There Stuart were two Gordon.
1: sequels. Yes. To that one.
0: There was a later TV movie called I don't remember what it's called. It's called Herbert West Reanimator again. In the third one, I think just Jeffrey Combs is back, and I I don't even know if I've seen it. I've seen Bride of Reanimator, and it's fine.
1: Jeffrey Combs has also, because I looked it up, because I have seen him everywhere, I didn't realize how much horror he does, and he's been doing a lot of voice work in yeah. things. Like like, I, like Scooby-Doo, Mystery Inc., he was H.P. Hatecraft. Nice. Right?
0: That's a good fitting thing, because he's in a lot of Lovecraft movies. I
1: think I told you I watched whatever that Batman, The Doom That Came to Gotham. Yeah. He was somebody in that one, too. So he's got a ton of voice work in the H.P. Lovecraft kind of mythos.
0: Well, he plays Herbert West.
1: Reanimator. And that's not the title, which I thought it was. kind of sometimes is on the poster it might be but i don't think in the title card it is it's one of those whatever you want it to be is it john
0: carpenter's halloween or is it halloween
1: i don't know i'm still stuck on herbert west reanimator because that's what i think it's called and that's the name of the i keep calling jeffrey combs herbert west through all my notes because i never bothered to learn any other character name so don't keep bugging me about it yes i know it's wrong but that's what i got written down i love reanimator there's only i only have one flaw in the movie but it's a fairly
0: big flaw all right. And that is, Herbert West is awesome. Barbara Crampton is awesome. The other guy is just a statue that walks through scenes sometimes.
1: Yeah, and he was our protagonist, right? right. That was
0: the problem with that Like,
1: movie. we were stuck with him, because Jeffrey Combs was tearing it up.
0: It's, it, he is, because he understands what the movie is completely. He, and I think, I argue, Barbara Crampton does as well. And so does the, the antagonist, who's played by a guy named David Gale, Carl, Dr. Carl Hill. He gets the movie completely. Then you got uh, Daniel Bruce Abbott playing Daniel, the main, uh, main protagonist of the movie, who we see really the movie's eyes through, and he's just there's nothing there.
1: Right. I mean the story because I reread all the stories for this just to keep up. It's, that is your point of view. They yeah. didn't change like so. I guess they just kind of really stuck to the story as far as who you're viewing. Which means it from. he can't have any kind of uh, right. He's uh, just the he's interest. The, he's no fun. Right. He's no fun, and it's it's tough. And I didn't. Eh, well, whatever. It's got everything that you want in an '80s horror movie. It, it, does has, have, it does have that. I think we've talked about Psycho Gorman before and how it's just like a, such a, a callback, a, a love letter to those kinds of movies. And that's what this is. And so it's tough because we're probably biased to being from that era. Yes. That's the stuff we grew up with. Yeah. But I love the practical effects so much.
0: It's colorful. The, the color palette in the movie is, is, is great. It's not as good as From Beyond, but it's great. Uh, it's trashy in, a, in the way that it has to be trashy. The practical effects are crazy good uh tits what else do you
1: want out of your 80s movie but for, for oh, comedy the comedy is comedy yeah. amazing you know me you know i like my comedy i like my monsters it's, i'm getting it all here we discussed
0: before that i think evil dead 2 and gremlins are probably the two best horror comedies this is i don't hit i don't think it hits that level because of daniel but it's not that far off it's a pretty great horror comedy
1: yeah, there's real horror in there though, and there's like, real it's, comedy. Yeah,
0: <laughs> all right,
1: that's a fair point. But there's a head trying to give head feet. Yes, it's I'm amazing. Aware. I like well, preceded by the scene where the head is snuck into the morgue itself in a yeah. in a what a doctor's bag yeah. with a mannequin head on top of the corpse. The mannequin
0: <laughs> head thing is amazing.
1: I. I completely forgot. Like, this movie, the two from beyond, and I honestly didn't know Castle Freak was a thing. Right. Because I didn't know they were the same director. I saw these when I was a kid, and that was it. But the one that stuck out, because I saw both of those 80s ones from beyond, and what, H.P. West? Herbert
0: West? Yeah, there we go. The thing you've written over and over again? I forgot his name. Hmm.
1: I will say I kept trying to abbreviate it H.P. instead of H.W., because I got really tired of writing out Herbert West all the time. So... I might have HP a lot in there as well. Anyway, that won't be confusing at all
0: since these are HP Lovecraft stories.
1: No, that's what you see. The problem I'm having right now. Yeah. All right. So.
0: So here's here's a question
1: for you. Uh, it's, it's a it's maybe a
0: Mrs. Kittner trap. So be careful. Oh boy. The antagonist in this movie, Dr. Carl Hill. How old was David Gale when he played this role?
1: The guy who had no head. Yeah. The old, the old guy. I think we would just call him the old doctor. Oh, man, this is. He's going to be like 30. And I'm going to be like, yep, look at Pete. He looks older than Jesus. Well, I, don't, I will say this. You don't look as old as David Gill. Right, I'm going to say he was somewhere. Between... That's like a 70-year-old man, right?
0: We're watching a 70-year-old man walk around.
1: <laughs> between 40 and 75. Yeah, he's
0: 48 years old.
1: <laughs> oh, boy.
0: I I couldn't believe it.
1: Not going to lie, I thought it was closer to 75. That's where I thought his true age was going to be.
0: I could not believe it. I couldn't either. I I think think it's tricky. uh, Barbara Crampton's character, her father, my character's Meg, her father in the movie is is only like 54 or two, and he looks like he's 80. So those those two things were.
1: So back to my initial point where I was right. People looked older back then, people were just aged quickly this guy looked old let's go
0: back to vic in 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 friday 13th the new beginning where you guessed correctly he was young and i was like he's like 24 and I'm like, he looks like he's a 45 year old man he looks older than we do now well me he looks older than i do now
1: people got like old quick back in the day i guess i mean that's what they're going to be saying about me i'm well aware of this fact i should probably just stop talking my this this is timeless and pointless because it's going to last as long as anyone's you know got power because it's now out in the interwebs it's true so People will be looking back because well, no no one's going to listen, but if someone did, they'd be like, wow, listen to that moron talk about that in his olden times. Back when they all looked like they were 100 years back old when they were 30. <laughs> exactly.
0: What are they? What will they think about the 80s and the 70s when they see
1: Mrs. Kittner in her? I think she had an oxygen mask and a, a, a wheelchair when she I'm rolled up there. Pr- I'm pretty sure she did, yeah. and it was tough on the beach because the boardwalk was all covered with sand, but... What they're gonna think is it's like what we think of like Neanderthals and things. It's like, oh, how far back on the scale are we going?
0: It's like what we think of Wilford Brimley.
1: Wilford Brimley is timeless. Is he dead now? He's
0: yes. Since when? A while back, a few years.
1: Not the diabetes.
0: I mean, it would be fitting, but I don't know. I don't know.
1: Really, it was a long time ago. It wasn't
0: that. It wasn't like forever ago, but he's dead.
1: Oh, that makes me very sad. I was not ready for that news either. If so. not, we'll get up an update on that at some point. Uh, well, let's hope there's a correction. Oh, next time. He's calling episode. in right now.
0: Let's see what he has to say. Fuck.
1: Crow. Brimley. You too? They're A2 Brimley? On. They're all turning on me. I didn't know we went to a call-in show.
0: Now, do you think that Herbert West killed that cat? Because he definitely killed that cat.
1: Oh, 100%. Did you notice that they really didn't like cats in this trilogy? Yes, I did notice okay, that. I was going to bring it up too. Okay, that hurt my feelings. like, come on.
0: Yeah, when it's made by the same creative uh, people, it, yeah. it's clear that there's a, a purpose to the pattern.
1: Right. So in, in Reanimator, he killed the cat to experiment on it to bring yeah. it back to life. What was it in From Beyond? Was it our cat? No, there, there was that dog.
0: No, I'm pretty sure there was a cat thrown at some point in the movie, maybe at the hospital or something. Because I remember, I remember thinking, <laughs> that's when I noticed. I was like, that's
1: a fucking cat again, I think. Okay. But yeah, and then when we get to The Castle Freak, the cat gets eaten by the Castle Freak himself.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Reanimator. It's a classic. Everybody who was from our age group kind of loves it. I don't know that it's one of the movies. I think it's far more than From Beyond and way more than Castle Freak. It's a movie that does get discovered by newer generations
1: because it's got that kind of manic energy. And the practical effects of the 80s. Is the 80s like a thing? I mean, as far as those kinds of movies, the the practical effect movies any of that i just don't know i think i don't know probably why
0: people keep going back to the movies because they still look more interesting than the cgi stuff you can't watch things from the early 2000s to the 2010s when it's all cgi heavy it looks terrible
1: oh right i 100 percent agree which is why i like the practical effects because they cgi technology doesn't age well
0: but there also aren't a lot of good lovecraft adaptations so if you're going to start somewhere you're not it's not going to take too long to get to reanimator
1: yeah that's true there's that's yeah, because Lovecraft is still pretty popular yeah. as far as... Re-
0: people, people discover Lovecraft at all ages. They just don't discover great Lovecraft movies because there aren't that many.
1: All right. It was, you know, I think I mentioned it to you, From Beyond. Well, that's where I was going with my point earlier. Mm. From Beyond is the one I remember better. Something about those eels that pop out when, you, when they turn on the machine really just stuck with my very young brain. And that probably is what drew, like, just the concept of that movie. Even though I think I like Reanimator better, if I have to choose but and castle freak's the worst one castle well far and away castle freak i just i didn't like the 90s you know as soon as they started biting off fingers and just went for that shock kind of grossness um stabby thing as opposed to it's just everything in the 90s had to be more realistic and edgy
0: pete you just ranked movies
1: of those three you yeah just, you just did it i know first you proud time of me? you've
0: ever done it in 30 years
1: i'm surprised myself i don't know what just
0: happened i was gonna try to trick you into doing it
1: later and you just offered it up i'm gonna go lay down well I really, Castle Freak, Jeffrey Combs wasn't as good even. In Castle Freak? Yeah. No, because it's a dramatic role, not a fun role. Yeah, okay, wow. I didn't think about that. So good for me for ranking them because I did no point. Also, I can tell you where the three acts end.
0: Which one? In Reanimator or in? Well, in the first one. I feel like it's cheating because you've
1: read them. No, no. In the first one, Barbara Cramden Cramden. dies. She's back to Cramden again. Update. Ralph Cramden's daughter. Yes. She dies, end of act one, and he reanimates her. Then we get to part two, what and you, she's. What are you talking about? Act two is she's become a psychologist or something. Oh, I see what you're doing, and it's actually pretty clever. <laughs> and he. What does he do? Oh, he's moved on from reanimating people, and now he's trying to see things that no one else can see. Then he gets. They inherit, eaten,
0: a, they inherit a castle.
1: They inherited a castle. That's the start of
0: act three. Yeah. That's pretty right. Okay, thank you. movie had a a really good first two
1: acts. And then just botched it at the end.
0: I didn't hate Castle Freak. It just is a different movie. And it's interesting the same three people came together for the same kind of source material and just something completely different. Right. I know that times had changed. They also had no money. The story of Castle Freak is he saw a poster and there was no movie yet. There was no script yet. It was just a Castle Freak. And he said, hey, what's that? And he said, there's no script. There's no movie. If you want to make it, go ahead. It just has to have a castle and a freak. And that was it. (laughs) And he made it for $500,000. And they had a castle that another producer owned, which I believe that they used it for From Beyond also, actually.
1: I don't even remember a castle in From Beyond. I think they used the interiors. Oh, okay.
0: They used it for a bunch of movies when the guy wasn't there. Because he's like, yeah, go ahead, use the use the castle. That's a great set. And he right. only took it because he's like, yeah, I didn't have as much money as I had on the other ones, but I got full control. So that's and I got to bring my friends back and make a movie. That's why it's weird to me that it's the tone that it is.
1: Yeah, because the first two were way tonally different. Yeah, From Beyond I think is my favorite one. Oh yeah, I think so. What? Why? Why would that one be your favorite one?
0: I find the characters more interesting. And this isn't just the Daniel thing. I mean, Herbert West is really interesting in, in the first one, obviously. And so is Dr. Hill. They're great. But I think all the characters and all four characters you kind of get in From Beyond are, are really interesting. Okay, uh, Bar- Barbara Crampton is a much better role.
1: Oh, yeah. A lot more to work with. A much more interesting character. I mean. A terrible psychologist. Th- a terrible psychologist. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. For anyone who, I don't know why the, the quick synopsis of that one, because I'm good at those. Okay. Herbert West no. is working for a guy, Doctor Pretorius, Doctor Pretorius, from Bride of Frankenstein, from The Bride of Frankenstein, and um, they he creates a machine lets you see things that aren't there, like just other realms and such. Those things see you and eat you if they see you. So, you know, he gets eaten, Doctor Pretorius, by the things that are beyond there, which are also the eels, which I remember from my childhood, from beyond there, from beyond there. <clears throat> There's my throat clearing.
0: I can edit it if you just do it, and I'm not talking. I see. I won't, but I could.
1: Oh, thank you.
0: You're doing the plot.
1: I've lost everything.
0: You've lost the plot.
1: I've lost the plot, but, you know.
0: Well, he gets institutionalized, and then the worst psychologist in the world, played by uh, by Barbara Crampton, says, what we need to do is turn the machine back on. (laughs) But we talked about this last night. It has one of my favorite jargon writings of all time, when he's trying to explain the science behind it, and it's all very you know, gobbledygook technical stuff. And she just looks and goes, yes, everyone knows that.
1: And then they just sit and move on. And I said, that, <laughs> that is one of those things we need more of in movies. Like just address what is the ridiculous aspect, meet it head on and move past
0: it. I should have just written down the lines because it was so stupid. And then she's like, yes, that's common for Everyone knows that. And I'm like, that's amazing. You'd be stupid to not know that, you fools. So I don't know that confronting, if she doesn't believe that it's true, then confronting him with the falseness of it is not the worst psychological route to get him to to remember what happened and to accept what happened but i get the opinion she does believe it's true so it's a terrible idea you know what I, she did she she she, said, she, said, she I genuinely believe believed yeah. that that she could prove his innocence if she really thought that they were going to get there turn it on nothing was going to happen and then he'd have to be confronted with the truth that's fine that's not what's happening she's the mad
1: scientist in this one and almost immediately, she admitted that she was doing this because her father had suffered from dementia or something. Yeah. I can't remember the point. But it gives her the ulterior motive as if she did know that this thing was really going to work and yeah. it might help her.
0: Yeah. She's she's not a good person in this one, which is interesting because she does not survive. She doesn't survive the first one. She dies and is brought back by, well, at the end by the... account I count the, that she survives. Serum. Sure. But she's the good person in the first one. She's the only innocent oh, yeah. person.
1: Everyone else has varying degrees of culpability in the reanimating of corpses. Except for her. You're right. Yeah. And in the second one, Dr. Pretorius is evil.
0: Crawford's not. We get the star of Dawn of the Dead. Peter from Dawn of the Dead. Ken Foray is
1: in this movie as Bubba. Yeah. He's I not evil not either. That. Yep. Uh, I liked Bubba. He was a... Yep. I don't remember him from Dawn of the Dead because I haven't seen that since college.
0: No, he was the main guy. Oh, yeah and i i saw this movie long before dawn of the dead so i didn't realize until this watch that because i
1: didn't see dawn of the dead till last year i didn't realize that like he popped up out of the car in this one i was so excited oh man i didn't have that excited i just liked him for the character but i thought he was a real nfl player because the line is i used to play in the nfl and i'm like i believe you you're a giant
0: maybe he did he's a big guy
1: right i I didn't bother to look up his uh i didn't either name (laughs) he doesn't last that long in the movie he lasted fairly long. Uh, there were only three people for them. Well, four with Dr. Pretorius.
0: He's not a focal point of the movie at any point.
1: No, and he's a monster for most of it. So,
0: And then uh, Barbara Crampton is basically forcing everyone to their doom, and then she gets to live. It's very strange.
1: But I liked her laugh at the end of that yeah. when madness had overtaken her, and she was insane. But she was also kind of amused by everything. It was great. It is a, a maniacal laugh for the ages. I also liked the gore effects better in... And- from Beyond than I did
0: because there's so many more of them. Are there? I'm trying to oh, think Oh, when you see Pretorius from the other side and he's just ripping his face
1: off and he's face oh, You're right, there are. But off. you know what? That that corpse, that reanimated headless corpse. Oh, that's it, amazing. Right. Just the whole final act of that one. The act is I assume when they've kidnapped her and they gotta go rescue her, that would be act three. Sure. The rescue of I didn't do it, but yeah, I'm guessing yeah. that's right. Okay, because two thing, probably starts when the cat comes back. <laughs> sure. Seems, the very next seems, day. Seems correct. They thought he was a goner, but the cat came back.
0: You just make that up on the spot? It's brilliant.
1: No, that was a cartoon that used to play on Nickelodeon earlier. Of early course in I morning. know I didn't make it up. Oh. Well, how, I am brilliant, sir. <laughs> I thought you were finally giving credit where credit was due. Lo, these many years. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. So, I did the, it's just such a memorable character. But you know what, you're right, because I remember those eels from beyond way better than I remembered Green animator until I watched it again.
0: All right. Good Thanks, no problem. <laughs> uh, the thing I wrote here is that from beyond the science checks out, but the psychology is suspect. <laughs> Each doctor gets worse than the last. Crawford is has his hands in things he shouldn't, but he's not perceptibly evil in any way.
1: No, Doctor Pretorius, his mental Pretorius
0: is evil. So is Catherine. I'm sorry, but she's, she's doing be- terrible things. Well, well we but have the example. she gets yeah. put into the hospital, and then there's a Dr. Block who looks at her for like one second and says, yeah, shock therapy. And I was like, what chain of command is going on in this hospital that each person is worse than the last?"
1: Dr. Block was also a doctor in the first movie, too, yeah. at the hospital. I guess. Yeah, no, it was. I'm throwing that out there because I know it because I saw it.
0: I don't trust your eyes.
1: Well, it's true. But – and then the, the next doctor, right, the one after him, the one who administered – Again,
0: the, Dr. Block was a woman.
1: The next doctor, if we're going through the worst progression, right. was the one who gave her the electroshock therapy. Yeah. And he was visibly disappointed When he that couldn't finish it. He was really bummed. So yeah. you're right. It were terrible, terrible people.
0: It was a weird thing because Catherine – I love Barbara Crampton, obviously, but she's not a good person – in that movie in this movie i hope she's a nice person in real life. she seems lovely okay great uh, she's not a nice person in that movie her character's not a nice not good person so when they're threatening with the electroshock therapy i'm like yes <laughs> wait no she's got it but coming maybe
1: i she's about to cause more deaths she causes bubba's death by turning the machine on now the question right yeah and then she said i'm sorry afterwards yeah now is the argument that they were evil to begin with and the machine just enhanced it? Or is it they went evil because the machine was Who? working pretorious and...
0: No, they were evil to begin with. Because well, Crawford doesn't turn evil because of the machine. Bubba right. doesn't turn evil because of the machine. And neither does Catherine. She's just <clears throat> obsessed with doing it. But she's willing to cut more and more corners. Yeah, but that's not because of the machine. Well, it's because she sees what it can do, I guess.
1: And I, well, I the point was... But not
0: because she's... I think. Scene, well, maybe her whole character changes.
1: Yeah, it's becoming influenced by whatever the Beyond vibes are. Maybe I don't know, but again, like you just said, HP or Herbert West, Crawford Tillinghast himself did not really. He was always, yeah, he was always fine. self-sacrificial, trying to be the hero, and he was exposed way longer than her. Yeah. So, I don't know what my point is. I
0: think Pretorius was always... I don't think they'd name him Dr. Pretorius if he wasn't.
1: Yeah, because that you said that was...
0: That's Dr. Frankenstein's... You meet in Bride of Frankenstein. That's his mentor, the same way it is here.
1: Oh, okay. And as we
0: talked about last night, despite the fact he's playing completely different characters, Jeffrey Combs plays Dr. Frankenstein, Colin Clive's Dr. Frankenstein, in Reanimator. And he also is playing basically Colin Clive's Dr. Frankenstein in Bride of Frankenstein in from beyond. Because at that point he's been broken by his his the, the his tests, you know, brought back the monster and it's ruined his life. He doesn't want to do it anymore. It's Dr. Pretorius who kind of forces him further and further down the road of doing it, even though he doesn't want any part of it. He's in he's, both movies. In the second in, Well in Ride and Riot Frankenstein and From Beyond. And
1: from beyond. Okay.
0: So even though they're not the same character, it is like seeing Herbert West if the whole world had been destroyed by what he did, and then the next movie he was the character in From Beyond. Instead, there is another Herbert West movie, and he's just the same.
1: Right, but so. I did not watch that one for this podcast. No,
0: I didn't either. I've seen it once; it's okay. Uh, Barbara Crampton wouldn't come back, so I wasn't that interested in it.
1: Right, because you—I mean, rightly so—you've been talking about her for a I love while, her. right? Yeah. And now I can see why she was great. She- it's funny that she made an impression on you when you saw these movies as a kid, where apparently the flying eels was the thing well, that we caught just, my we eye. We talked
0: about this last night briefly. You saw the movie when you were six or seven. I saw the movie when I was 14, 13, or 14. We, have, we saw the
1: movies in very different ways. You know, if I were 13 or 14 and saw it, those eels still might have been the first thing I, I remembered. Maybe. I, I mean, don't think so. So <laughs> There <long>. were eels. <laughs> they, were fly- <laughs> they were flying around, and they were all color-y. And, oh, so I pretty.
0: probably saw reanimator when i was like 14 years old for the first time and like that third act is something that i'll just never gonna forget
1: (laughs) that is a a hell of an introduction to you know manhood for a a young person yeah you know we've discussed before with your next
0: how they they i thought i think they aged barbara Crampton up to look like someone who could be the mother of grown adults and she is 60 i think but i showed you yesterday you know she's got a on her twitter channel or whatever it's called now She's got puts videos up there. She looks better in that like now than she did in the movie. In your next 13 years or 12 years ago, so the timing of age like it really is showing. <clears throat> David Gale looks like he's 100 years old in Reanimator. Right. Barbara Cranston looks amazing now. <laughs>
1: Right. Which shoots any theory I have about people in the olden times aging really hard and fast because she apparently nope, is she's not from the olden times.
0: She was twenty when they made reanimator or something. And now she's you know, now it's now modern times. We're we're older we you could age
1: and you could still look great. I guess so. Yeah. If you don't have work done. I say plastic yeah. surgery is just a, a terrible choice and everyone should avoid it.
0: I'm just so happy she's back to making movies all the time because she's Why excellent. did she come back? she said that uh i watched the uh castle freak i watched the version where joe bob briggs talks about it and she was interviewed on it and he mentioned that you went away for a long time she's like yeah the roles just didn't come and then 10 years later the roles started coming and they were much better and she's getting much better roles now so because we talked last night about that uh i think that a lot of the horror directors they grew up horror fans. And oh, if yeah, you're a horror fan, you grew up watching Reanimator and From Beyond and you're like they like Barbara Crampton's amazing. Why don't we cast Barbara Crampton and then we'll write we we'll write her something really good. We'll write and that's you know, it all came full circle around.
1: Right. And it's it's horror more than I think anywhere else that has like a real respect for the people who like yeah. the, the stars, like the Scream Queens. Like who else older women don't usually do well in Hollywood.
0: I mean I was going to say Jamie Lee Curtis, but she won an Oscar for a completely different movie. So I guess, but still, you get that main lead starring role in a giant hit movie. You better be playing Laurie Strode. You know what I mean? I don't, she's not even the lead in everything ever all at once. Although Michelle Yao is, and she's also, you know, I think she's in her fifties or maybe even 60. So uh, those roles are
1: getting better. Yeah, they are getting better. I'll agree. But it's it's different. I don't know that I feel a horror. It's always been that way they they've cared about their well, final old, girls. Old people are creepy. So you got to have old people. <laughs> cuz well, yeah, but I mean the young stars now are still well we got the whole what is it called the legacy?
0: Yeah, legacy yeah. sequels. I there's an idea that's always been floated around by the people that played the characters in Friday the 13th that they should make a Friday the 13th movie where all the final girls come back to fight Jason. And I thought that's the best idea ever and it's so unique an idea cuz some of them first ones in 1980. So that's 45 years ago the, like that's that character's going to be 65 years old. like that's interesting
1: that would be a really interesting can, all movie. the
0: way down the line and it's you can have you know a new character so there's a, like a young person like you expect but then the whole legacy of all the survivors that would be the greatest thing ever yeah but of course they're not doing that
1: that sounds really good yeah like any of the crossover well that's not even a crossover that's all the same it's just like the
0: ultimate legacy sequel.
1: right that would be really fun it'd be unbelievable until we get the multiverse of, of the horror movie, The multiverse of Jason. Uh, the multiverse of Jason and Freddy and Ooh. Michael Myers. Ooh. Right? It they worked sh- It worked for the MCU. For a time. For a time.
0: I was going to say something before we get into Castle Freak. We should be able to get back Martha soon because her kids will go to school. Yep. Uh, we should be able to get Kitty back.
1: Because our kids are going to Because your school. kids will
0: go to school. And we want to do Fresh with Martha. We want to do... Definitely want to do the Gremlins 2 watch along with Kitty. And I know you and I want to do a Goonies watch along.
1: At some point. At
0: some point. And we want to do, we'll be into October soon, so we'll have to do our Halloween episode. So I think we might, you and I will do a Halloween episode on the first movie. We might have Martha back on for a series overview, which might take two episodes, because a lot of movies in that series.
1: Halloween? What are we up to? Which one has the most?
0: I think Halloween does. There's there's Halloween, Halloween 2. Halloween three, season of the witch, Halloween four, Halloween five, Halloween six, then Halloween H2O, Halloween Resurrection, then Rob Zombie rebooted it and made a sequel to his own, then <laughs> Halloween 2018, Halloween Kills, Halloween. Has, we have 13 of those. There's 12 Friday 13ths, 13 Halloweens, and nine.
1: Freddy's. That's is, just right. What does Freddy versus Jason count as?
0: It's, it counts as each. Oh, each. Get a, Both series have counted in there. So, okay. Yeah, there's 13 of those, so I think that's going to take two episodes to do.
1: Well, Scream is up to seven.
0: Scream's up to six.
1: Six? Yeah. Soon to be seven?
0: Probably. Different Different director. The the directors are doing something else. Oh, no. I'm not that worried about it, because the director is the guy that made uh, Happy Death Day and Freaky.
1: I never saw Freaky. I saw Happy Death Day.
0: Yeah, those are good, though, so I'm, I think it, I think it might work out just fine. I don't know who's writing it yet. It could be the same writer still. Okay. Castle Freak. Well... He's super freaky. Hold
1: on. The two I, the two notes I have for, because this is where my notes started, was the tail end of From Beyond. Okay. So I have suck brain through eye, exclamation point. I think that was pretty cool. So I wrote it down, clearly. I don't remember at this point. And then I have just the, I made a note of her laugh. Barbara Crampton's laugh at the end was fantastic. Yes. The really laugh,
0: cry, laugh. laugh.
1: Laugh, cry, laugh. I'm going to get that and hanging on my another wall. Another great
0: gore effect, that bone sticking out of her leg. Oh, that was gross. That's a good one.
1: That was gross. I liked it.
0: Yeah. And then we wait nine years and the group the gang gets back together.
1: Oh hey. I had all the best boys written down. Oh no. I lost them from the first movie. But can you believe this? The best boy is somebody who is gets a credit in the movies. There was no best boy on the set of From Beyond. Wow, oh, that must have been a shitty set. It must have been terrible to work there and it was yeah. such a fun movie.
0: Yeah. Would you you got a Castle Freak Best Boy?
1: Oh, I got a Castle Freak Best Boy.
0: Was it the, was it the freak?
1: No, unless the freak's unless the freak's name was I wrote this down here, Paolo DiBerti.
0: Well, we know that the freak Paulo,
1: sing for me, Paolo.
0: We know that the freak is the half brother of Jeffrey Combs' character, so
1: it could be. It, there you go. Yeah. So Castle Freak.
0: Yes, Castle completely Freak.
1: Completely different in tone.
0: I only wrote down. This is what I wrote down. Here's all my notes for Castle Freak. Jeffrey Combs plays John. Barbara Canyon plays Susan. They have a blind daughter named Rebecca from a car accident.
1: (laughs) The rest of it, I'll just wing. So my note was uh, Herbert West, drunk driving, kills his kid. Says it's been nine months. Why won't wife bang him? Yeah. And then he loses his blind daughter in the castle in the very next scene. It's like, good job, buddy. Instantly unlikable. Yeah. I don't know why she's still with Jeffrey Combs, this character. It was, a, but in this, she had nothing to do in this movie. She was That's, really just kind of. She's,
0: uh, she's rose burned in,
1: in uh, the second. <laughs> oh no, a fate. Oh, Insidious a terrible, The rose she's burned. burned. Fate.
0: Uh, you don't want to get rose burned. <laughs> Definitely. It's worse than normal burned. The, the character that uh, I understand this, we talked before. I don't like these redemptive arcs for characters that don't really deserve redemption. Now he made a mistake, right? I guess. But like. Don't drink and drive with your kids? Yeah. Drinking and driving is a terrible mistake to make. Drinking and driving with your kids is an unforgivable mistake to make. Those are, you know I mean? They're both kind of unforgivable. I don't even know what I'm saying. But
1: then, to not understand why your wife is still angry with you nine months later and doesn't want to sleep with you. He does fairly ask her, then why did you come with me here? And that's a fair question. Yeah, you know what? I didn't think about it because I couldn't get past my loathing for the normally likable Herbert West. I know. And then the whole movie is just him grieving. And I get it. But, like, also, you deserve it. I know. it's You know, I think part of the problem for me was watching all three quickly. Yeah, I want to root for these characters now because I've watched them three times. So, to have such an unlikable character. But if you watch it just for what it is, this is a story of a person who doesn't necessarily need a redemptive arc. And like you said. You know, you know one of the problems
0: with the movie is, I think,
1: is that in, in Reanimator, Herbert West is
0: very, a young Crazy mad scientist. Yeah, Susan is a young or Meg. I'm sorry, Megan was a young woman with her whole life in front of her, and she's vibrant and interesting. And then you get to from beyond, and she's a young psychologist. And Crawford is a young scientist, research
1: physicist, or and whatever.
0: They they have their whole lives, and now they're just old parents with like a grown daughter. It's like the the time jump doesn't work. You still look young. You still you can you don't have to be unfun and parent old parents.
1: Well, it's it's the tone again because yeah. if you're taking it for what it was, like the story, it was a much more you know serious HP Lovecraft story or you know film. I, I guess it's all right, but again, he's such a terrible character.
0: I just feel Tough. like there's only nine years between the movies, but they jumped at eighteen years. The character, the ages of like what the characters are playing. Oh yeah,
1: you're right. It is only nine years. In my head, it was like twenty years later because of how old they. And they have like a near adult daughter.
0: It's like. You were playing younger, more interesting, and then you're too young to be playing the older characters you're playing.
1: Which, by the way, this clearly teenage daughter, who they're like, like the castle freak, is like, well, let's take her top off and stuff. I'm like, this is not like there's no nudity from her, but I'm like, yeah. just taken down to a bra and things. I'm like, what is happening? Yeah, she runs
0: this? around in a bra for most of the third act.
1: Right. I'm like, what is this? We've already established that she's a teenager. Why is this happening in the '90s?
0: I like that Barbara uh, Crampton figures out very quickly. She has very little to do in the movie, but I do enjoy that she very quickly figures out his. Sexual trigger, and immediately is able to get him get her away from his daughter by starting to unbutton her blouse. And I thought she just thinks castle freaks like me. She's seen reanimator animator, <laughs> but it's it's a it's a clever play. That
1: wasn't her first rodeo. She's no. done this two times before. That's right. She knows what what's what. I enjoyed
0: that. Like for how little her character's given to do, she she's and, and how questionable it is. She's still in this marriage in the first place, and she's moved to this country with him. She does some very good parenting in that moment.
1: yeah Yep, she assessed it again. Yep. That's experience. Immediate access. That is experience. Yep. She's dealt with Herbert West for years. She she's no stranger to the male gaze. <laughs> Even when it's one eyed and freakish. Yeah. I did like the freak in the movie. I thought he looked great. I went back and forth on the freak. I, I think sometimes the skin suit that they were wearing, I I, I don't know, just some of the scenes. I, thought,
0: I don't know. I thought the performance was really good and it's I don't know, I I really enjoyed. I thought it was a very fully realized character more so than like Barbara Crampton's character was because they yeah, didn't I'll give her you that.
1: I'll give you that he was way more developed than Yeah. I don't know. Just not uh, just, the You first know what two, annoys me when I let down.
0: You know what annoys me when I see movies and I just I love a character or I love an actor or an actress and then they just get marginalized by a movie and insidious 2 is the one i always go back to because i love rose byrne and everything and then insidious 2 she doesn't
1: have anything to do with any of the three plots of the movie and they did the Barbara Crampton in this one and i just i just hate it that insidious is another example of a woman who should have left her man long long before yes. and they don't know why they're in that marriage still.
0: i feel like the only reason her character exists in the movie is to try it didn't work for me at all but i'm saying a certain type of viewer could watch it and be like try to soften the jeffrey combs character because his wife is so cold to him, even though he completely deserves it. But you know, the kind of people I'm talking about who will watch this and be like, oh, just give this guy a break already. He doesn't deserve a break. But right, because her only position in the movie is to const- constantly shrill at him about his failures. That's I think it's supposed to soften his character, so that when he sacrifices himself, you can you can be like, okay, I can redeem him a bit. I think that's the only reason it's there, because she has no other side to her.
1: Right, and I was thinking it's uh it's similar to The Shining, at least as this you know character who's got the alcohol problem and he's trying to be redeemed. Yeah. But I don't know, I. <laughs>
0: well the reason it bothers me though is because i've seen reanimator and literally the day before or two days before and i saw from from on the day before barbara crampton is charismatic and electric and just a wonderful actress i mean she's great in everything but for the she gets the genre movie she gets it completely and then this one she's like just yell at your husband that it doesn't make sense you're here but i I hate that
1: it was weird you're not using your best assets No, and that's something you've been on lately. After watching,
0: well, the asset is that she has great chemistry with Jeffrey Combs in all of these movies, and then this one, it's like turn it off. It's like why then cast them, (laughs) like cast someone who I don't haven't seen twice her her, in movies with where it works.
1: Well, maybe that was the another thing they were hoping would make the redemption arc work. It's actually actually one of the problems with Reanimator is that she has no chemistry with Daniel, and I don't know how that's even possible. Well, because she has chemistry with the freak. Because that's true. There was a lot of... You know what? The Freak wasn't bad. He was was pretty good. It was good. It was just, again, that that more gory, more... I think he
0: gives the movie its best scene when uh, he is suckling at the teat of the...
1: uh, Oh, see, that's another one of the... Yeah, it's the growth. Like, I guess I was... But it thematically is brilliant. And I think it's the best scene in the movie. It was such a 180 from yeah. those first two movies. Yes. I guess I was not ready for it at like five o'clock in the morning when I started watching it.
0: I, when we brought up doing it, I thought maybe we would just do the first two, and then I thought, you know what? We'll never do the third one. Then. Well, so, I
1: never knew the third one existed. Yeah. I think though, now that I'm recollecting, I do believe I probably did see it when it was out in the 90s. But I, I remember
0: didn't. renting it when there was video stores were a thing. Oh, yeah. I remember renting it because the, the cover is very cool.
1: I don't remember that. It was this
0: Castle Freak, and you see the little guy in the corner, and it's like, oh, that looks...
1: Oh, my God, I do remember that yeah. that cover. I have a lot of memories, probably, if you showed me the covers of yep. VHS tapes, I'd be like, I know that movie. Yeah,
0: and I thought, like, that looks really good. And then I remember watching it and being bored by it.
1: Oh, But okay. I think I saw
0: it before I, I saw it. I think other-
1: that's mine, too. That was my recollection of No, it's was in
0: 94. So I probably saw this after Reanimator. I probably didn't put together that they were the same things. I didn't see From Beyond until later. Okay. Because I don't know what it is. For some, well, From Beyond doesn't get the attention that Reanimator does, but it also—it just doesn't really come up. Reanimator comes up a lot, and I feel like From Beyond doesn't. I, I kind of like From Beyond better.
1: Okay. I—I I, again, I—I I don't remember how I ranked them. You said I ranked them at the beginning of this podcast, and I did, but. I have switched I think you put to re-animator first. I think I put reanimator. But first. you said barely. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with barely. In fact, now they're both tied for first, and Castle Freak is a distant, distant. One, third.
0: one thing that helps those first two is that they both have excellent antagonists. Doctor Pretorius is great. Doctor Hill is great. I mean, Herbert oh, yeah. West is an, is an antagonist too in the first one, but those but those two main. Not.
1: Herbert West is kind of... No, he's Catherine.
0: He's Catherine in the second one. That's the thing. They kind of flip roles because he's the one who's driving towards doing things that he shouldn't be doing. He's not the ultimate evil of the movie, but he's kind of responsible for a lot of what happens. I mean, all of what happens in that one. And Catherine's responsible for a lot of what happens in the second one. Yeah, that makes sense, I guess.
1: I haven't... But I want to root for him, see? That's the problem. Who? Jeffrey Combs, whatever role he's in. Oh, I I like him in Herbert West a lot. I don't separate the actor from the the character he's portraying I'm like I just want to root for you. Yeah. I want you to win.
0: I like I like him in Reanimator a lot and I mean he does more to do in Reanimator than he does in From Beyond, but that's like I said, he kind of flips with Barbara Crampton. Barbara Crampton takes the lead. Right. And she's from great. Beyond. They both yeah. are
1: great as the as the mad scientist.
0: I think Barbara Crampton does an incredible job. I mean, she's better as the sex pot version in From Beyond than she is the buttoned up psychologist version. But the the change in just the way that her like she looks at things. In That movie is, is pretty great from when you see her with the you know buttoned up with the glasses and she's just uh you know stoic, and then when she gets loosened up by whatever happens to her, the when she sees from beyond, she's sultry and it's a completely different character. And she, like that's not easy to do to no. play completely two different types,
1: right? To do the switch and be convincing and completely sides convincing, of, yeah, of whatever you're playing.
0: Like, she doesn't seem like she's even the same person,
1: no. Uh, it was good, yeah. I was, you know what. Man, the beginning of that movie was so long ago compared to the ending. And a lot happens in the first two movies. So my memory is notoriously bad. Yeah, I don't know why we made you do three. I don't know. I don't know why you volunteered to do three. I don't know why either. I seem to like trying to do these things. But two of the movies are great, so that that helped. Those are the ones I remember from my childhood Yeah, were those two. Did you know, because I was looking up Jeffrey Combs to see all the other stuff he was in, his birthday is September 9th, so it is... The time that we are talking about this is very close to September 9th.
0: Uh, this will probably come out on. He's making up the, the
1: 14th or something. The 14th. So happy birthday, Jeffrey Combs! Birthday, Jeffrey Combs! You make fine movies, sir, and I like them.
0: You were a really good Herbert West.
1: You were, and you've been Herbert West ever since.
0: And You've been Herbert West three times. Except I just for the, don't remember times, what the third one is.
1: Except for when I write you down as H.P. and then you're. He played
0: like, H.P. Lovecraft in something though.
1: And H.P. Hatecraft. And he's also Scooby-Doo. done some
0: post stuff too. He's yeah. got a niche. He loves it. He, he
1: in right the horror. I think yeah. he's right in the horror. He was in episodes of other things. Check out his IMDb. He's got a lot of stuff. Yeah, that's what this is. This, the, this uh, is, this is a picture for Jeffrey Combs IMDb.com. Yeah. I
0: don't get as excited when I see a new Jeffrey Combs project as I do a Barbara Cranton project. But uh,
1: No. I Well, I didn't know who he was until right now. And now I'm like, oh, yes, this is who he is. I've watched him for years.
0: Yeah. That's, you know, Stuart Gordon has passed away, the director of the three movies. He passed away in 2020 and you know it's one of those things where like you know everything comes back it would have been really cool to see another take on another lovecraft story
1: well bring it back around to nicholas cage yeah. check out the color out of space yeah. sometime that's a very solid hp lovecraft i think it's a solid hp lovecraft it's all right it's pretty good because it's nicholas cage
0: so so far it's a solid i think it's pretty solid well it's not so well, it's all right
1: i would really no, watch it It's pretty because it i like it a lot I that's think a good might review. like it too
0: here, here, we toyed before about having you put up fake reviews on the site where you open up the review and it just says, Yeah, it's pretty good. And then you close it.
1: Wait, there are fake reviews? I thought I was really doing that, and that would be my review. That would be the review. Right. Review. There's nothing, there's no falsehood there. That is my feeling.
0: Like, here's Pete's Reanimated Review.
1: Yeah, it's pretty good. It was pretty it was, good. From beyond. See, it's pretty I might, good. I might put the was in all capitals when I go, It was pretty good. And then Castle Free, not as good. No. Uh, you know what? I wrote down meh. Yeah. M-E-H, period. Not would, even- would it help how you viewed the movie if you hadn't
0: seen the first two and you were like, okay, this is a a more toned down, gothic version of horror of a Lovecraft adaptation? It's fine on its own merit. It's just it's not
1: what I the really, other ones are. I really think that's the yeah. problem that this movie has for me is because I watched those first two right before. Right. If I had watched it 10 years, but again, like you, I think I remember watching it around the nineties at some point and remembering, huh, this is a slow, boring movie.
0: I, th- I didn't see from beyond until like literally five to eight years ago. And it was a real treat when I discovered it because the Holy crap, it, it has a lot of that reanimator joy to it. And, did you know it was further. the same
1: person at that point? I did at
0: that point, yeah. Okay. And I just don't know how I didn't see that one. And because I again I've watched tons of Parmer Crafted movies, and I missed one of the best ones. And getting to see it in one of I was probably around 35 to 40, somewhere in there, getting to see it then and being like, holy crap, this is like a real lost classic, a lost gem. Like, if you haven't seen if you've seen Reanimator, there's a good chance you've seen Reanimator and you probably haven't seen From Beyond. Go watch From Beyond because it is. Pure joy from beginning to end.
1: Go watch either of those first two yeah. movies, but you know, maybe wait a while if you're going to watch that third one.
0: Yeah, yeah. it's give interesting your, to compare.
1: Give but, your brain time to, to reset.
0: You don't have to watch them in a row.
1: Watch a Nicolas Cage movie as a palate cleanser.
0: Though Reanimator and From Beyond would make a hell of a double feature
1: hundred percent. That was what my initial thought was. Yeah. That's was. why
0: we should, we would have done it like that. But I was like, I do want to talk about how Castle Freak is so different.
1: Well, I'm glad you did. Cause I got to see all So Now I feel like I've accomplished something.
0: When you watched it, was it in four, three?
1: I don't know what that means.
0: Like a standard TV yes. when we were growing up. Yes. It's so weird that it's like that because I watched the last drive-in version where Joe Bob Briggs introduces it and then talks in between. They cut off the movie and he talks and then they come back. And that one's in, in 16.9. So I
1: couldn't figure out why they had a 4.3. They have well, the right print. Well, 4.3 is where the black bars are on the yeah. sides of the, the TV. It's what
0: TVs were when we were growing
1: up. Right, that's the size of them. But and then the widescreen used yeah. to be where there are black bars on the top and they bottom. They just
0: changed how TV sizes. Right,
1: because now TV's... are So what is the 16 or...
0: 16.9 is the
1: size of the widescreen
0: TV that's what that we screen. have now. Oh, okay. And movies are actually shot. You'll see movies with black bars still on the top and bottom because actual cinematic movies... Are shot in like 233 or something like that. They're, they're shot in different, it's actually more compact. Mm. So, but TV is now shot in the 16.9 style that our TV is. So, most movies will just get kind of like scanned to 16.9 because that's how they were closer to what they were shot in
1: anyway. I remember Multiplicity was one of the first movies I saw where they went to what the pan and scan. Yeah, it's horrible. Where they couldn't fit a widescreen on home viewing, so the they would just take the scene and then like make the camera move in. I remember post.
0: the exact moment I gave up on pan and scan movies though. It was I'd seen Scream twelve times in the theater. You'd seen it almost any time, and I watched it. I bought the video. Back when VHS was a thing, because DVD hadn't come out yet in 1996, or if it had. No, I think it was a couple years away. I pop in the videotape, and I'm watching the movie, and I'm only seeing two-thirds of the screen. And I've seen the movie too many times for it not to drive me insane. There were little, <laughs> literal actors whose performances I remember on the sides who aren't in the movie. They didn't even bother to pan and scan. They just cut it them right drove out. drove me huh? insane. So, for that movie in particular, this didn't happen often. They actually put out a VHS
1: with the black bars on the top and bottom. I think I remember that there was a big debate for everyone who is way younger than us where what was better? Do you watch a movie with those black bars where it's kind of annoying because it doesn't fit your TV? Yes. Or do you go for that pan and scan where they chop it up and edit it and
0: the reason it was a problem back then is that tv screens even if they were bigger because they were square you were getting so you were losing almost over a third of the screen to put a movie in proper aspect ratio right now that's why they changed the tv screens so eventually the whole world adapted to my hatred of watching scream and missing so much stuff i saw
1: in the theater there's a clear-cut winner it's like the blu-ray and well blu-ray was a new technology but was it beta and vhs yeah those two yeah, so thank
0: God they changed it, though, because it, I don't know. Like, you go, it, now that nobody talks about it, but people are like, why are movies, they're not dying, dying. Barbie just made billion dollars, and Oppenheimer's at $800 million. Barbieheimer, as we call it. Talk to me made business. a ton of money. Like, movies I make really money. want to see Talk to Me. It should be out on VOD soon. I'll buy it as soon as it comes out. What killed movies is that TV shapes changed. <laughs> That's, I will say this until the day I die. It's not Netflix. It's not the internet. It's that you can watch actual movies that look like movies now, which you couldn't do when your TV shape was different.
1: That is true. Well, yeah, I remember the advent, or not the advent, but the progression of TVs. They've just got, like, everyone knows it. It's gotten bigger. It's gotten better. The big screen TVs yes. back in the day were still the tube television. They
0: were huge, square, giant, heavy-ass TVs. Oh now, they're, now they're light, and you can put a 75-inch TV on your wall. I don't have one that big. You don't either, but you can. You know, like, I have TV in my bedroom, right? And because of just the way it is... I, oh, I went to the movies last night to see Slaughterhouse House and I'm sitting in the back row and I, I love sitting in the movie theater and I'm watching it and it's great. And then I get home and I'm watching Castle Freak on the, the, the TV. and I'm like, it doesn't look that much different to me because of
1: just the proportions, how close I am in the size of the TV. I don't need to go to the movies. Right. You throw in too that things come to home video within you yes. know, like a month or two. Back in the day, it'd be a year. Mm-hmm. When a movie came out a year later, you could expect to be able to rent it. But not if, own it if, rent it if my tv was still a square it would not be the same and i
0: i like the only person that ever loses my mind about how i think that's what killed movies is that they put a they, they really put a full cinema in your house and they made it affordable and of course what is the what does movies have to offer better sound system
1: stale popcorn if you go on a weeknight <laughs> i did eat some delicious stealth popcorn last oh night. it's so good i prefer stealth popcorn as you know but i do I do know. I've watched you eat many, many a bucket of terrible, terrible popcorn.
0: When we worked at the theater many, many moons ago, many, many werewolf cycles ago. the uh,
1: That's how we tell time now.
0: We had a bin that was just for show, popcorn for show. That you can't serve it. It was just it wasn't buttered, it wasn't salted, it was just there because it would hold up and would, like look at our popcorn. Right. Months Which and you, months old. But we actually had to make fresh popcorn all the time when they came in because it was just one little machine. So that was kind of a calling card of the place, was how good the popcorn was. But we did have a bin on salt that we had to change every week or so. The, the one that just sat there for months, it was delicious.
1: I had to put fresh popcorn in because yeah. you and ate so, you ate so much of it. I wasn't the only one. I don't know why you're letting yourself off the hook on this. Well, it was a lot gone, and I remember I'm such a nice person that I put the new stuff at the bottom and shoveled the old stuff up to the top layer so that we could have like a, a yeah. process of aging for you guys.
0: I don't know what it was about that. It was so good.
1: Kitty, when I when I go to the movies with you to review something for yeah. this podcast, we bring her home a popcorn bucket. She will keep it for a week and eat her way through it, just sitting on the couch. Which
0: is weird because there's butter all over that, and I feel like that's not holding up as good. I'm not sure it's butter, but whatever it yeah, is, it's definitely it's sitting there for a week. I don't put butter on my popcorn usually. Sometimes I will. Most of the time I'm just like, I just want the shittiest popcorn I can get because I just want something to do while I sit here in the theater. See, I want lots of butter so then I can't hold anything and I spill my drinks all over myself. I, I saw seven movies at the Buffalo Dream. We can get to that in a second. The Buffalo Dream's Fantastic Film Festival. In the middle of that, I drove an hour and a half to see a movie that was only playing in Canandaigua. Do you eat popcorn
1: at all of these movies? No, 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 no
0: and You should. It should be a new challenge. No, but what I did do at three of the Amherst Theater ones was drink Loganberry because they have delicious Loganberry.
1: Good old Loganberry. It's the only I place haven't I haven't. That's the last time. Well, I've had Loganberry since then, but I remember it being at that theater.
0: It's delicious. And I went to Slaughter House last night. So I've been to the movies like 10 times in the last week and a half. It is a lot. I did have popcorn last night, though. Of course you did. Was it stale? <laughs> no, it was actually uh, pretty fresh. I was pretty disappointed. For a Wednesday?
1: Is that yeah. when you would have seen that? Yeah. Hmm.
0: It was actually pretty fresh. We you know what, though, I think, I think Barbie and Oppenheimer are still drawing people. So, and I think every the movies coming out this summer are actually doing fairly well. So, there's probably too many people for them to keep it too long. Okay. You know, they used to just make garbage bags full of it, but now I see them actually popping it all the time. So, I think that they might have gotten
1: away told from, to from not that do model. That. Wow, they're tightening up the popcorn budget at movie theaters. My guess is what happened
0: was there were so many lean times they were just like, yeah, just keep doing this, and then they got busy. They're like, we can't do that anymore because we can't even.
1: That's the best popcorn, though. Fresh? Really, yeah. so the old. I, I disagree with you, though. Oh, I know
0: okay, you wrong. like it, but... oh no, you're wrong. Uh, so the Buffalo I keep Fant-
1: eating it, but I don't like it. The Buffalo Dreams
0: Fantastic Film Festival wrapped up, and I have all reviews. By the time this is out, they'll all be up on the site for the seven movies I saw. I saw seven of the eight horror movies.
1: What were the seven? What I didn't
0: reviews? see one because I had to drive my mother to her colonoscopy.
1: <laughs> Hello. Hello, Brian's mom. Yeah, I hope you're feeling better. She doesn't listen to this. Why would she? She was.
0: She's a Nazi, if I recall her, my history correctly. She, uh, no, she. It's her that can't recall her history correctly. Oh, that's right. And she taught me.
1: She. <laughs> so that's where you get it from. You
0: have a blind spot that's math. I have a blind spot that is the heroes and villains of historical society.
1: And and which side we should be rooting?
0: <laughs> Those are our characters on this podcast, except for your math thing's real, <laughs> and my ADHD. you what? Hmm. Yeah, the first movie was What Lurks Beneath. We discussed it. It is it is the follow-up movie to D-Influencer. which I don't want to talk about anymore.
1: We don't talk about It's the one thing that you you have you struggle to find positivity with.
0: Yeah. You know, uh, I liked What Lurks Beneath a lot more than D-Influencer. So, there's that.
1: All right. Um,
0: then there was a movie called Wintertide that was really good, slow, you'd hate it. All right. But it was an interesting version of kind of a zombie apocalypse except it wasn't there weren't zombies so much as like they had, had their life sucked out of them and they were sucking the lives out of people and for making them kind of like themselves and it was really good and then i saw a really a movie i really really liked called uh, the once in future smash all right i'm is, intrigued it's a brilliant concept it's filmed they, they got they filmed a lot of it at a horror convention pre-covid and then they, the COVID hit and they just filmed interviews with a lot of the like genre stars, like the guy that directed Friday the 13th part nine and the star of Friday the 13th part five and uh, and like a guy that played Leatherface and they got all of them to talk about this fake movie from the seventies as if it was real. And the movie, the document, the mockumentary here is two actors that played the character in that movie at a uh, convention. And they hear that they're going to reboot the movie and they might get a chance to play the role again. And these two old crotchety, the one guy's really old and crotchety and he hates the other guy and the other guy's like, Kind of space cadet, but he he loves everybody and they're so funny together. And the movie itself is really, really funny. And even the people that come on to do the talking heads thing sketch parts, they make poke fun at their own history and horror, but it never pokes fun at the genre or fans of the genre. It walks a really fine line towards just the people, the directors, the real
1: actors making fun of themselves. Yes. Okay. Yes.
0: And and there's some really funny bits in there of people just like the guy that wrote Friday 13th. The original Victor Miller. He's he's like talking about the original movie. It's called End Zone Two is the movie they're remaking. And End Zone One was a movie where they, they made they actually made an hour long version of End Zone Two to put in a double feature with this. And the reason there's not a third act is actually explained in the documentary. Uh-huh. It's it's all it's all See, really clever. Not everything has three acts. It's all really clever. And the Victor Victor Miller's like I love the first one. Like the first one's the best because he wrote the first Friday. The it's like the first is the best one. I love the twist that the mother was the killer. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. And then it cuts to the Mark Patton who played Jesse in Nightmare on Elm Street two, and he's like I think the sequel's better. I, I think everybody understands. It, it's, it's okay. That so it's it's uh, that style. All right. What and was the name of it? The Once in Future Smash. Okay. And it gets funnier and funnier as it goes on, and it goes in unexpected ways. And I really, really love that movie. And. I think I saw that they're recording. So they, there was a and a after, and I think the, the co-director said that they're, they're, they they got more stuff for the Blu-ray. So I think there's going to be a, a release coming that'll package it all together. And I'm really excited about that because it was a real treat. Okay. Um, real clever. And well, then to film sold an, me on that one. And then to film a movie and posit that it is the movie that we're talking about, and there's no third act on it because, as you learn in the documentary, there's a reason there's no <laughs> third act on it anymore. Okay. It's pretty great. What else did I see? Well, I
1: don't even know what number we're up to. I lost count a ago. That was three.
0: Ago. I saw... The thing is, there's only three I've published so far, so it's oh. hard to remember. Oh, I saw a movie called Zaman Dark, which is, I would best ex- describe it as an experimental movie that looks, like, gorgeous. And the sound design is one of the best I've ever heard. But it's a movie where almost nothing happens.
1: Okay. And so, another one for me to avoid.
0: You would avoid it. But I thought, it's, it really makes you feel each moment that matters in the movie because there's only, like, eight moments that matter in the hour and a half. So, it's, it was an interesting experiment to watch. And okay. it is gorgeous. And the sound design, again, was just incredible. So it had it had a purpose, and I, I get it. I, a movie you can't watch twice. But something that I watched once, I'm really glad I watched it in the theater with the sound and the the big screen.
1: One of those movies that is worth it going to the theater for. Yes. Okay. And the stale popcorn.
0: I remember the last movie I watched was called Fang. That was the one you were going to come to, and then you found out it was at 920, and you were like, never That
1: mind. is way too late for a normal person yeah. to go out and see a movie. But I loved Fang. Which one was Fang? Fang totally...
0: was a kid... He's, he's got a mother played by Lynn Lowry, who is another uh, genre legend. She is uh, as Alzheimer's or dementia or something. I think it's Alzheimer's and his life is very, very difficult and she needs full-time care now. And the nurse comes in to to work with it and he thinks he gets bit by a rat. I think he can get bit by a rat, but he thinks he's turning into a rat as his, his psychological makeup just goes further and further sliding down. Now I do want to point something about this movie. His job is that he works at a warehouse. I've worked at warehouses. The person that directed this movie has never worked at a warehouse. (laughs) It's painfully obvious, huh? It's a pretty big building, and that's fine. But there's, I would say, no less than two dozen people that work at this warehouse. That's not what happens at a warehouse. And his job is that he sweeps. That's his only job at the warehouse. I don't believe so. I worked with my friend at his warehouse this week. Here's what warehouses are half the amount of people you need working toys is hard to get things done that's what warehouses are well the people that don't work in the warehouse go why is this taking so long that is what a warehouse job is not so many people you can't move around the warehouse because there's people everywhere and there's a boss who i don't believe because he's at the warehouse he's not at like the company he's not running for a company that seems to make as much money as this company does there would have to be an entire operation that's not just on the floor there's somebody selling there's somebody you know somebody's doing these other jobs he's the only one that is he's only at this warehouse you never hear him talk to anybody else and he's like a multi-millionaire and he just walks around going let's get those boxes to toledo and i'm like this is not what happens are
1: you sure because that's kind of what i would do this if guy, I was a
0: millionaire i thought it was it's only a small part of the movie but i thought it was hilarious because i'm like nobody else is gonna think like that unless you've worked at one but that's not what it is it's you're gonna get messages from this guy all day going so where are we at the, on this and you're like I have... There's no one here. <laughs> like, I'm trying. That's what a warehouse is. So, but other than that... Oh, I love the movie. But right. I got a real good kick out of the representation of of his job, Pete. His full-time job is to sweep up the warehouse.
1: Someone's got to keep it clean, <laughs> That's man. not... Yeah, guess who? That guy. <laughs> guess who?
0: That uh, guy. Oh, God, it killed me. That killed me. Let's see what else we got. I'm going to have to...
1: I don't know, but I will say that Kitty is ready to watch the knock at the door, cabin door. That's the last one on the Again, left. yeah that's not what it's called. Are you sure? Knock I at the cabin. I think I'm pretty close. She has never seen the trailers or the commercials or anything for that movie, so she's going in blind. Yeah,
0: she's listened to this podcast, though, so she's not going yeah. in completely blind.
1: Well, yeah. I'm not going to say anything because I told we talked her. about it on the podcast. We haven't talked about it on this podcast. We have only talked about the... We pod- talked about
0: it with Martha on this podcast.
1: I don't believe you did. Yeah. Well, guess what? Kitty doesn't remember any of it. That's good. <laughs> so don't listen back, Kitty. We're going to watch that movie.
0: I saw a local production called The Demon Behind the Glass that I really liked too at the film festival. Okay. It was completely shot locally, had really really great special effects because it's another very low budget movie, but another one where like they're
1: finding really good actors in the the independent lower budget. Yeah. Horror all films? these movies would
0: have very low budgets and I think the acting is very strong almost across the board. This one was all local. And it was a lot of family. You could see the same last name on a lot of the actors. So it was a very friends and family kind of thing, but yeah. it really was interesting, and it took a different concept towards demon demonology, and like there, it was a demon story. So there was an investigation about the demon at the same time that the demon's going around. So as you're learning more about what the demon's trying to do, it's getting closer to accomplishing it. So it kind of had a nice
1: pacing thing had a really nice pace to it frantic energy yeah as frantic you, as
0: you learned more it was like oh shit he already did that oh no and it's it really good and the effects were incredible i was really kind of blown away by how good they were and the effects guy was one of the people they had a lot of the people there to do a q a and the effects guy was was just like yeah, we just did this, 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 and I'm like, damn, I can't imagine having the talent to put something that good on the screen and be like so nonchalant about it. That kind of blew me away. What was the name of it? But uh the demon behind the demon behind the glass.
1: Demon behind the glass. It's, oh, about, all a, right. it's about a writer
0: who's been disgraced because he he lied about something, he made up something, a story, a reporter who lied about a story. So he's trying to find the next big story and he's renting this cabin and there's a dead person behind the mirror.
1: In the mirror universe or just behind the Behind mirror. the
0: mirror in the bathroom. And they take the mirror down and, and he's like, okay. And he's going to investigate what's happening here. And it turns into this whole big demon production that has some really cool stuff in it. So that was, that was really good too. And then I saw the last movie I saw at the festival was called The Haunting of the Lady Jane, which is, you would also hate because it was very slow, but I was, Ugh. it was really gorgeous shot on a canal in the, in England. And uh, it's about a, it's another one. It's about ghosts and interesting stuff. And you see all the characters, there's three main characters and you learn their backstory as it goes on. And the movies, I thought it was really effective. But uh, not up your alley. I think the ones Future Smash and Fang would be ones that you would and really enjoy. When you said alley, I was going
1: to say Nightmare Alley. I never thought. part knew it. Part it night. Night. Benicio Del not Toro. No. The other one. Guillermo. Yeah. You're right. And I like him. I've brother, never watched watched <laughs> I, I knew it. <laughs> yeah. I knew it. I knew they were keeping secrets from me. Yep. Um, Hollywood secrets. Yeah, it was a really
0: good festival overall. I only, I only missed the one horror movie. I didn't see any of the shorts. Really, I just was like, I have to come here seven times and I have to write seven reviews, and I'm not going to write reviews about shorts. So, no offense to the shorts. You're
1: not a fashion guy.
0: There were some comedies there. The one that won best feature at the festival, I didn't see, but everyone was talking about it. So, I it's probably a movie I want to see at some point. Which I think one it was, was it? a, I think it was a road trip movie that might have some time travel elements, and that does sound really fun. It is. I wish I had known because maybe I would have gone. But here's the thing: I'm like, I had to go on a Thursday night, and then I had to write the review, and then I had to go on a Friday night and write the review. Then I had two on a Monday, and then I had two, and it's like it just I couldn't keep going to the theater.
1: I couldn't keep track of the notes for three movies or watch all yeah. three of the movies. So good and then, for you. For in the doing middle that. of that week, I drove
0: to Canada an hour and a half to Canada with an hour and a half back to see Birth Rebirth, which I really liked. It's a new take on the Frankenstein thing that finally found kind of a new angle on it. Oh. uh,
1: There's been a lot of Frankenstein stuff. And they're almost always
0: the exact same. No matter what you dress it up, it's always the same, basically the same exact thing. I write about this movie all the time because they keep remaking it. It's it's, it's what happens when you bring death to life. And that's literally what it is. And it always goes the same way. And I really enjoyed that this one doesn't even give you the back half. You know the back half because it's always the same story. It focuses on the cost of creation of life. And I really liked it.
1: Like he had to get a second job?
0: No, it's about... To afford
1: his chemicals.
0: A nurse who loses her daughter out of nowhere to an illness. And then she finds out that the the pathologist or whatever uh, downstairs, the morgue attendant, has taken the body. Because she's working on a scientific experiment to bring life back. And it's about the mad scientist and the grieving mother and how far they'll go. And it's it's in the cost of how she has to develop the formula is a personal physical cost to to the one of them, and how far the mother will go. And it I thought it was really really interesting. And you know who plays the nurse? Carla from Scrubs.
1: Oh, I haven't and seen she was,
0: Carla from Scrubs in a really long she time. She was excellent.
1: Where's Zach Braff these days?
0: He was the child.
1: <laughs> Where's Donald Fajan? Faison. He was also the child. Ooh, well that would make sense. Yep. They were brothers. They
0: were they were they
1: were uh, they were
0: brothers. They were. Yeah. They For, were. They were whatever it's called when those twins are stuck together.
1: Conjoined? Yep. Not Siamese anymore.
0: She lost her conjoined twin daughter, played by Zach Braff and Donald Faison.
1: That is <laughs> a movie. If you put Nicolas Cage in there, I will see that.
0: Nicolas Cage played the MRI machine. <laughs>
1: Perfect.
0: He was great. He let a lot of
1: and he was did really he, good at it. Then he keep shouting about crows, because I don't know if I could sit He had that. no crow opinions in this movie. Awesome. I'm in. I'm but back. he did say, I hate people named Pete. Oh, that's a tough one to recover from. <laughs> I'm going to have to meditate on that. Is it
0: better or worse than I am a Star Trek guy?
1: It feels more personal, that's for sure. I think it hurts more.
0: Yeah. So that's all the movies I saw lately. Oh, and Slotherhouse, which I really liked because it was ridiculous.
1: I'm excited for Slotherhouse. I
0: expected House to be a movie that would just repeat the same joke over and over, and I wanted to see it because I thought it would be funny every time.
1: Which is a movie about a killer sloth.
0: A sloth that slowly moves towards you as the person just screams in the corner, and then eventually gets killed.
1: Because this is a low-budget movie, yeah, right? It yeah, is yeah. the opposite
0: of that. It is a sloth that drugs a drink you see a little furry hand pop into frame and pop pills into a drink it zips up a sleeping bag and throws a girl off of into the river it's it, it's the opposite of what i expected and i loved it
1: okay that sounds like my kind of movie
0: I, I told you the phrase i came up with last night and i did write about it it's subverted stupidity
1: which i like normal stupidity so that subverted stupidity sounds even better
0: it's equally dumb to what i thought it was gonna be but that's what made it so funny to me was it was unexpectedly the exact opposite
1: and the absurd.
0: Yes. See, I'm swinging you around. It this was, is
1: what makes a horror movie.
0: It was, and I watched the theater. It was a pretty full theater. They got on board with this movie, <laughs> and by the last act, they were howling whenever you'd see the little little hand pop into the frame or his little face it was like, "What's going on?" It's, it's it's killing people.
1: Will it translate without a crowded theater? Like I think home. So. It's yeah. so
0: it's so stupid. And it knows, it knows it, and it's the best kind of stupid. All right.
1: Slaughterhouse House? Slother House. Nice.
0: They, like, they never wink like that about how stupid that title is until near the end when the boyfriend shows up and he goes, it's a real slother house in there. <laughs> and they're just like, oh, man, come on. Let's not do that. And I'm like, because they know we've ramped up the script to go with it.
1: Well, it's the promise of the premise. Well, yep. It comes back to drag me to hell. You know what they gave me? Got dragged to hell.
0: I, I really hope that we get another one. Because I think there's more jokes to tell in this. Slaughterhouse 2. No, Pete. Slaughterhouse 5.
1: <laughs> Kurt Vonnegut special.
0: As soon as I when I finished the review, I was like, they gotta wanna make Slaughterhouse 5. They have to. It's it just it sells itself. You
1: it can bring in time travel.
0: <laughs> you could. Yes. You can do anything. You've you got it all. I like it. I didn't expect I didn't expect what I got from it, but I got something probably more enjoyable than I expected and I expected to enjoy it. <laughs>
1: And that's a ringing endorsement, then.
0: Yeah. So it's those are all the movies I think that have been up in the last couple of weeks on the site. So that's a lot.
1: That is a lot. Yeah. I watched a bunch of HP Lovecraft movies and read a bunch of stories. Well, we're heading
0: towards spooky season, so things are going to get things are going to get fun. Yeah. Ooh. We're going to have to cover Halloween and.
1: Do we have to? You know what? The kids told me that we shouldn't do Halloween. We should watch. We should say we're watching Halloween and then watch Detective Pikachu and talk about that instead. Why do they have
0: better ideas for our podcast than we do?
1: That is their. Why do
0: you give them away on the podcast?
1: I'm sorry. Hey, no one listens. We're good. We're going to be perfect.
0: I did have the idea before we talked about to to uh, find a movie that has the same title as another movie.
1: Oh, and then like
0: (laughs) just list it wrong and then then talk about the other movie. You got to find the same length though, or it won't really work. It'll work for an hour and a half,
1: right? Until you get to the point where suddenly we keep talking and the other. Which, by the way, the three movies we watched, well, we watched for the H.P. Lovecraft, all are right around 90 minutes.
0: Yes, the first two are under 90. The last one is 95. Castle 96. Freak suffers from its, ex- its excess.
1: That is what my problem was with Castle Freak, is <laughs> yep. the length. Longer,
0: no jokes, no color palette like the other two have.
1: Everything's 90s gray and black. From Beyond's like
0: pink sheen is incredible.
1: Throughout the whole movie. I know, it's great. The spurting blood though is so. The eighties was
0: amazing because bad eighties movies are great, and great eighties movies are great, and good eighties movies are pretty good. It's it's, that's what they are. Like (laughs) Top Gun, right? It's a good movie. Well, that that means it's pretty good now. But you watch a bad one, like a bad eighties movie, that's great. You watch a great eighties movie, it's great. I don't know. I don't think I have your love for all of the eighties things, but I don't think I've ever seen a bad eighties movie.
1: I don't know. Now that's a challenge I'm going to have to sit now, back and think on.
0: But that doesn't mean from January 1st, 1980 until the end of 89. When I'm talking about 80s movies, 80s movies didn't really exist until near 82, 83. Because 1980, I know it is the 80s, but they're still making movies from the 70s. They're still taking 70s scripts. They're still, still telling style, 70s. Yeah, it hasn't those changed stories. I'll have to pinpoint the exact moment
1: it had changed. I do think it's Friday the 13th Part 2. That was the one that turned everything <laughs> into this bigger, you know, like more, and not just the excesses of the 80s in general. It I think ramped everything up to me. And I, I think that it might be The Which Hidden Masterpiece. Be? Friday, 13th Friday the 13th Part 2. Friday 13th Part 2. That one? Is that the one we watched? <laughs> yes. Oh, boy. The one that's good. Oh, was it 5 that was the bad one? Yes. Oh, 2 and 5 yeah. are so close together. It's so bad. It's great. <laughs> that was the 80s. <laughs> Any
0: last thoughts on uh, Herbert West Reanimator or From Beyond or Castle Freak?
1: I like them all. Happy birthday, Jeffrey Combs. Happy
0: birthday, Jeffrey Combs. Uh, Thank you for everything, Barbara Crampton. Yes. Good work two out of three times. Stuart Gordon, rest in peace.
1: I think that about sums it up. Yep. And uh, Lovecraft, uh,
0: stop being such a racist dickhead. Because you write really fun stuff. that he is. I know. You write really fun stuff.
1: Such a disappointment for that garbage human being.
0: We went to his grave and visited him because we did not know that he was such a racist piece of shit
1: before. That's kind of on us. It is because we read those. (laughs) (laughs) We read them and boy. Oh, boy. We, uh, we weren't good at context. No. The 90s were a different time, yeah. and we've all learned.
0: Not everyone. Oh, what a downer to end on. Remember to vote, everybody. <laughs> all right. We'll see you later.